Hello, and welcome to episode two of Holly Reads Story. So if you listened to my last episode, um, what I'm planning on doing with this is I'm going to still be reading a short flash fiction story. Um, usually they're just 100 words, so very easy to listen to um, at the beginning. And um, then after that, I'm going to use these episodes as kind of a, um, a, a verbal writer's diary of kind of how things are going with my process and what's going on and maybe things that are interesting me or um, books or shows or whatever that um, I just wanted to pass on. So um, maybe you will find this interesting and if you do uh, I would love to hear from you and you can um, you know email me or send me a message on my Instagram or um, Facebook or wherever. Um, But it would just be fun to connect and, yeah, see if if any of the things that I'm thinking um, interest you as well. So let's get to it. I'm going to read Guests. Aldereth's breath puffs hot against the back of my neck as Anissa bustles around the kitchen, laying newspaper on the floor. This will do, right? For your, uh... Anissa gestures vaguely. She's looking at me, avoiding Alderas' red-eyed stare. Claws click irritably against the tiles. Does she think I'm one of those hairy beasts you keep as pets? Dragons are quite clean, actually, I say, trying to hide my amusement. But if you're worried about your cats, salt is an excellent deterrent. Salt? Pepper also makes a good substitute. Anissa's eyes are wide. How long will you be staying? So this was an interesting um, story to write. So um, if you remember what I said about the prediction, it is a online challenge uh, where we have three words that are selected every week. And those of us who choose to participate, we have to write a story, um, 100 words or less, using those three words. Um, sometimes some words are easier than others to use, and sometimes they're a little more challenging. Like with this particular one, uh, the challenge words for that week were newspaper, salt, and substitute. And as you probably know, I really love to write, um, fantasy that leads more towards high fantasy since epic fantasy and adventure fantasy are my favorites. So when I read newspaper, (laughs) it just made me think of something more modern. So this story ended up being a little more modern fantasy, um, just humorous and light about a dragon, um, obviously staying somewhere where the person doesn't know what to do with the dragon. So uh, yeah, (laughs) I don't know. This is is what came out for that week. Um, But yeah, so uh, speaking of dragons, do you love them? Are you indifferent? Um, it seems like when I grew up, dragons, I don't know, maybe just everyone that I knew absolutely loved dragons and dragons were awesome and yeah, everyone just loved them. But now I feel like there's a lot more, um, I don't know, indifference to it. Like there's, there's more, I guess there's more shades of fantasy and more um, explorations of different creatures and things, which is very exciting. Um, but my love for dragons 
still remains. So um, I'm curious if you like them. Um, but I've never liked the idea of fighting dragons so much. Occasionally there are definitely dragons that require fighting because they don't really care about the poor humans. Um, but I always wanted them to be my companions or my friends, or I wanted to be able to turn into a dragon. That would have been, that would be absolutely amazing. Um, yeah, still hoping one of these days. <laughs> um, but, but yeah, so yeah, I always love them. And it's really hard to think of which books like were my early favorites. Um, I don't know, the older I get, I feel like the more leaky my memory is. Um, and I kind of have this problem with music too. Like I, I can recall, um, words and tunes, tunes, the, the melody way more than the actual words. Um, so if I, if someone starts singing a song or I hear a fragment of the song, most likely I'm going to be able to start singing it too, at least do the, um, the tune, maybe not say all the words correctly, but I can hardly ever remember the actual words of the songs. Um, not even like the band or the artist half the time, but, um, and sadly, this seems to be happening to to the books I read too, probably partly due to how how much I read used to read, um, and I did not read that much last year, sadly. But I'm getting a lot more reading time now, which is which is awesome because yeah, reading is is amazing, of course. Um, but some of the early books that I loved were uh, dealing with dragons, uh, which was a um, child's book. I don't know the age range. I don't remember when I read it, when I was like 10 or... But uh, by Patricia Reedy, um, and apologies if I am saying her last name wrong. Um, but yeah, that was a favorite uh, because uh, the, the princess in that didn't really want to be a typical princess, so she was awesome as well. Um, but then she ended up making friends with the dragon and wanted to live with the dragon as opposed to be rescued by anyone. Um, and then, of course, I love the the Dragon Riders of Pern by Anne McCaffrey. Those were uh, some of my favorites, too. And those are more, um, lean more towards sci-fi, but they still felt, I feel like they're still in between because, you know, there's um, magic and everything. Um, but yeah, and I don't know, I read every single book that I could find with a dragon in it, so I know I've read so much more, um, and of course, I know this is horrible, but I didn't read The Hobbit until later, until I was older, so I didn't find out about Smog until later. <laughs> not that Smog was a very nice dragon, but not that dragons have to be nice, but anyway, so, so yeah, just curious about the topic of dragons. Um, yeah, so... Recap of my week with writing. Um, it has been slower than I wish, unfortunately. Um, sometimes it's just hard to focus. I am putting the words in, and right now I'm working on Elitz's prologue um, because I... So so Elitza is the main character from the book I just released, Kingdom of Essence, and so she is fresh in my head, and... So I'm getting through this first draft of um, her short story, her prologue, um, who she was before she uh, started working for the tower. And um, 
yeah, so I'm, I'm working on that. And then as soon as I get the first draft done with that, and then I can get um, my beta readers to read it um, and figure out, is it working? Do I want to change anything? Then I'm going back to writing the final book in Daughters of Fire and Sea series, um, The Demon Queen. But trying to juggle all of this uh, at the same time. But so I have 41,000 words on the prologue, um, but that is not, that's like, that's filled with lots and lots of notes. So my process for the first draft is I know, I know the, what I want to do in the story. I know how it ends, um, but there's a lot of things, even with all the planning that I do, um, there's a lot of things that I don't really know if I need to figure out (laughs) uh, until I start writing. And then I'll be writing and I'm like, oh, oh, this is something I need to know. How does this work? And um, so, so yeah, so there's been a lot of questions and things that I'm coming up with and planning out. And so it's, so it's a good part of the process. Um, But it's interesting. So in Kingdom of Essence, um, Alitza, she is a reclamation agent for the tower, which is a guild of mages. And as what a reclamation agent does is they retrieve magical relics. So Magic, technically, anyone can do magic in that world, but you have to use magical relics, and they are made from this particular type of metal called mage silver, and unfortunately, the guild controls most mage silver. And so there are people that do have it, uh, that the mage, the the tower doesn't control, um, but they're usually labeled as rogues, and um, if they... If the tower can take away those relics, um, or say they're dangerous or do anything, they they do so. Um, but a lot of uh, normal everyday citizens, if they wanted to try to rent these relics and use it to um, to harvest essences, so the magic you kind of draw the essence in to the magical relic from um, plants and elements around you. Uh, so you can take it out of the air, the wind, you can take it out of fire, you can take it from plants. Um, so uh, you need these these relics. And so you can, you can make money by renting these relics and then gathering the essences and then selling them. But unfortunately, as I said, corrupt Tower of Mages and they are not paying people enough. And so it's very hard to hold on to these relics. And when people... A default on their contract and can no longer pay their rental fees, um, people are sent after them. And sometimes the, the agents are sent after people that, um, have, that are using the relics to do bad things, like, you know, rob people on the road and hurt people and do stuff like that. And so that Alitza can feel good about in doing in catching those people that are dangerous that are obviously criminals but she's also unfortunately having to um go after people that all all that all the only thing that they've really done um is be unable to pay for um the rental of this contract and the rental of the the relic and so they haven't given it back because they're trying to still use it to feed their families so she she's very conflicted about her job in this. Um, and yeah, so the prologue explores a little bit 
before she really knew what the reality was of being a reclamation agent. Um, but so one question that came up for me while I was writing was if, so you have, you have normal contract, um, holders for the magical relics, like an everyday citizen, but then you also have these dangerous rogues that are, that have magical relics, but are, are dangerous. And so the tower, like, what would they do? Would they put out, um, like, uh, what do you call them? The word is not coming to me right now. Um, like if you think Wild West, like wanted posters, um, they have done something similar, but they make them exclusive for the agents. Um, but I was, it was fun to imagine what those would look like and would they be magical in some way or created magically in some way? Um, yeah. It seems that I can't get through recording this without being interrupted. Um, my, my daughter, who's five, stopped by to grab some books. Um, I have this little room off um, my office that I've put some of their books in, and so she wanted to come take some. Um, so, <laughs> yeah. what was I saying? Um, yeah, about a wanted poster. Like, yeah, so they have this these other types of contracts for going after dangerous rogues. But anyway, so that's just one thing that I've been figuring out what that looks like and how I want to write it and everything. So um, that's just a really fun part of building stories and worlds and everything is I feel like it's it's kind of, I mean, you're you're just, you're starting with, the bones of something and then it becomes more and more fleshed out as you think of more and more things um, because there's so much that that makes up a world and so many things that um, we interact with and then like what if it's like this what how does this change um, the society how does this change how people live in their in the world um, their jobs and all kinds of things um, uh, my critique partner um, Allison Carwechter we we talk about talk about this a lot in um, our we we do a a um, a video series on um, Instagram called World Weavers um, where we we talk about world building and it's a lot of fun uh, since we we collaborate on stories sometimes and um, it's uh, yeah it's it's fun to to discuss building worlds and what we think is important and all of that. Anyway, um, we, we went on a bit of a break uh, over the holidays because there's just been a lot going on, but we plan to start recording again. Um, so you can check that out if you wish on one of our Instagrams. Um, mine's uh, by Holly Carlson um, and Allison's is um, at Allison Carwechter. And um, I... We, we comment on each other's stuff a lot, so it's easy to find her profile through mine um, and also uh, watching the old World Weavers episodes, if you wish. Um, but yeah, so so yeah, that's how, that's how it's going with Alitza's prologue. Um, so yeah, I haven't shared the title yet because I'm still kind of deciding on it. Um, and I just had the cover illustration done and it looks incredible and I can't wait to share that too. I will be sending, I will be sharing it through my newsletter first um, and I probably will do that in my next newsletter in February 
Um, usually what I try to do is send out my newsletters on the first Friday of um, every, the first Friday of every month, uh, if it works out. And so yeah, if you're signed up for my newsletter, keep an eye out for it that day or the Saturday um, after. Because um, yeah, um, sometimes I think my newsletters end up going into like the promotions tab if you have Gmail and everything. And so um, people don't always find them. <laughs> so uh, yeah, if you are signed up, I do, I do usually send out one email a month um, unless there's some type of sale or something that I want to make sure that you know about. Um, anyway, so, so yeah, so, so as I was saying, uh, writing went a little slow, but that was also partly because, uh, we had a water pipe burst. So, um, we, I live in Sweden now. And, uh, so I moved to Sweden from, I've grown up mostly on the Western coast of the U S and my husband is from Sweden and he, moved to, um, he moved to the U.S. for work, like, I don't know how many years it's been now, <laughs> again with time, um, but he'd been there a while before we met, and anyway, we, we thought that we would come back and live here and give our kids a chance to learn Swedish and spend time with his family and everything, and um, the learning of Swedish has gone very well. They are both fluent. I am not, so <laughs> that has been a little challenging. Um, but partly that is because, uh, the school has more or less been open the entire time that they've been here. So they were, they've been able to make friends and learn, and that's been really great for them. Um, and I, of course I work at home, so I'm not, I'm not out hearing as much Swedish as they do. So it definitely has impacted how quickly I've picked up Swedish. I definitely know more than when I first came to Sweden a year and a half ago, but it is going to be a slower process for me than them. So I envy my kids <laughs> in that respect. Um, but yeah, so burst water pipe in our old house. Oh, sorry, I went on a tangent there. Um, but yeah, we where we moved to, we, we had a house and then we found the perfect house that we really, really wanted um, right on a lake. And so we moved there and we're still fixing up the other house. There were some things that we need to work on. Um, and yeah, with winter and being cold, we're not entirely certain what happened, but a pipe burst and so water everywhere. And so we're having to deal with that. Um, but yeah, they were inside pipes. They weren't even like outside pipes that had froze. So yeah, we're not certain. And yeah, anyway, so if, if you've ever had a pipe burst or flooding in your house, you know, it, it can just absolutely destroy stuff. So um, yeah, luckily, uh, the water did not end up in my old office because my harp was still there. Um, we haven't totally moved out all of our things yet. Um, our current house now is smaller than the other one. We need to build on, build onto it to make extra rooms for the kids. Um, so yeah, it's, uh, so we haven't moved, we hadn't moved everything all at once and now we're regretting that a little bit. Um, but that is definitely taking up some time being a bit, um, yeah, unexpected, unexpected thing to deal with, which is usually how it goes. Um, yeah, so, so there's that. Um, books that I've read recently, and I think that I mentioned this last week, uh, I was reading The Shadow of the Gods, uh, which is a Viking story, 
by um, John Gwynn, and apologies if I am saying his last name wrong. Um, I'm never certain if I'm saying names correctly, so um, yeah, so hopefully I am. But I finished it, and I really, really love the book. It's written very well. It is a very interesting story. Um, it has very accurate and compelling battle scenes. Um, uh, it, it really describes things, so <laughs> uh, if you don't like to hear about blood at all, then that could be problematic, but I didn't feel like it was overly gratuitous. I just felt realistic and and everything but it was balanced with I felt that the writing was was very beautiful and very skillfully written and um, I just I really liked how the characters described their emotions and reactions um, what they saw based on their background and mythology um, and this is something that I try to do as well but like what was one um, one of one of the lines from the book was like uh see if I can find it. Uh, fear trickled into Varg like seawater into a cracked hole. Like he, he thinks about things in terms of what he's experienced, what he knows. And I love when descriptions use that, um, use the character's background and experiences for how they think of things. Um, and uh, yeah, and, and like the descriptions of the the world and just the landscapes were just incredible. Um, but I, I try to do this as well. And like in Kingdom of Essence, I used, uh, I use nature a lot for, um, describing how, how someone thinks of things when they look at them. And like Alyssa, my main character, she thinks of how people remind her of animals as nature is a big part of the world and magic. As I was saying, magic is elemental and its use affects the environment. Um, so it, it makes sense that she would think of things in that way. Um, but yeah, so definitely a book I recommend if you're interested in Viking stories. My book that I'm reading now, uh, I was going to read another Viking book, but then I thought it would be good to have a break in between and read something different. And then I realized that on my Kindle, I had Mexican Gothic. Uh, is that what it's called? I think that's what it's called. Um, which is, uh, totally different. <laughs> it is, it is more, more like a gothic mystery, spooky story. Um, but it's very interesting so far. So we'll see what happens with that. Um, but yeah. Um, what else? Uh, well, I, I briefly had touched on Sweden. Um, so yeah, I've, I've lived here a year and a half now and I feel with everything that's gone on and with COVID and everything, it has made it a bit difficult to truly enjoy moving to a new country and experiencing everything uh, because we, you know, we haven't really traveled. We haven't really been very social. Um, the kids at least have, you know, been able to make friends and be at school and do all that. Um, but we've, we've mostly stayed home most of the time. So I've wanted to go to Norway and spend more time around Europe, but that just isn't possible right now and and that's fine um but but it has it has impacted things however you know I still have enjoyed living here it is a very beautiful place um very cold <laughs> during winter and it does get really dark um so I have been craving spring a little bit lately uh summer and sun but uh we're starting to get into the season where 
it gets a bit warmer so you can be outside. It's not negative 20 or anything like that anymore. Um, so you can get outside, you can not feel so cold, and then you get sunlight. And so you can start kind of, you know, doing those winter activities that we haven't really done one. Do you like them? Uh, I have ridden them, but I've never driven one myself. But it's... So in the U.S., you don't have to have a separate license for a snowmobile. At least you didn't last I knew. But here, you actually have to get a license separate from your driver's license. So I have a Swedish driver's license, but I do not have a um, snowmobile license. So I can't drive one. So, it, which is, it's fine. Uh, we only have one snowmobile. And um, if our whole family wants to go out, uh, we have like this small sled we can pull the kids um, in and my husband can drive. So it's fine for now. But that might be something that I will do in the future. Uh, if we end up wanting to snowmobile a lot, then everything. <laughs> um, but yeah, so there's a test and and it is most likely in Swedish, of course. So I also want to wait, I think, until I'm a bit more fluent than I am now. Um, but yeah, um well, I guess that's probably a long enough ramble, <laughs> uh, but that's how things are going, uh, riding every day and uh, making as much progress as I can. Um, I'm not, I mentioned the word count, but I'm not really trying to hit a particular word count every day. I'm just trying to um, keep consistent with daily writing. Um, and if I don't manage to get some writing and I end up doing something else, and that's fine too. I, I'm not beating myself up over that um, because, you know, sometimes you can't write every day with how things are going. Um, but usually with how my brain works and, and everything, if I didn't write, I'm probably still thinking about some aspect of the story or writing notes or doing something like that. So, so yeah. Um, all right. I think that's probably a long enough ramble for today. Um, thank you for listening. Um, there's one more thing that I will say is that, um, if you are a writer or artist and you are interested in submitting to Weird and Wise, which is, um, a literary and arts publication, um, that I'm one of the editors for, um, along with, um, Alison Carwechter and Victoria, um, we have... Uh, open call for submissions right now uh, for issue the sixth, The Dark Forest. Um, the call closes March 1. And um, let me, you can find all that information at our website, weirdandwise.com. Um, and you can also find a link to um, our Instagram account through my Instagram account if you want to find it that way and then go get everything there. Uh, but yeah, so issue the six, the dark forest, um, we're looking for short fiction and poetry, full color illustrations, photography of three dimensional art, creative nonfiction, or full color editorial photography. Um, but yeah, so just looking for, you know, tales of the forest, scary tales, or ones of magic and wonder, um, they can be tales of modern elves or take us back to the time before humans or to another world entirely, but take us deep into the dark woods. Um, and we, we are also, uh, we have 
anthology, the first, which we're working on as well. Um, you can find information for that one too. Um, that call closes April 1, and um, we're looking for short fiction and poetry and black and white illustrations. We're thinking of doing a um, more a book that we can release um, instead of just a, a magazine, but both are going to be absolutely amazing. Um, here, let me just read you really quick the introduction to the Demons and Deities theme. Uh, Those of us who spent a lifetime ingesting mythologies and theologies know a demon can be kind and a god can be cruel. We aren't interested in flat inversions of the demon and deity tropes. No, we are interested in depth, nuance, and complexity. We want to see the humanity in the spiritual, the mundane in the mythical, the mythological, the everyday demon, the off-duty god. Give us your demons and deities in contemporary settings, in fantasy worlds, on spaceships, or tending a garden. Put your demons and deities into unexpected scenarios and show us how their power affects what happens next. And that was written by, by Allison. She definitely has a amazing way with words. Um, and also apologies. <laughs> I feel like I say apologies a lot, but is it deities or is it deities? I'm not certain. So hopefully if you have a strong opinion of, or know the correct way to say it, uh, and I'm saying it wrong, that that's not too annoying. So yeah. Uh, well, if you're interested, we can't wait to see everyone's submissions. Um, but yeah, Submissions are open. All right. I'm really going now. Uh, I hope that you have a wonderful day and I will try to be next back. I will try to be back next week. All right. Bye.